you think you've heard it all? You haven't. Peace Love Podcast brings you more OMG, wait, what moments? My life has been so dramatic and traumatic. I take a humorous look at it, and each week we will discuss with fun and laughter, full-out mental health. I go there. I talk about being flawed and fabulous. So guys, let's get fabulous. What's up, guys? Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, but I'm sitting here bouncing to my own music. Like, it's so surreal. Like, I'm listening, saying... That's me. I'm actually sitting here on Spotify on episode seven called Mamma Mia. And side note, yay, ah, this is my 20th episode. Okay, first of all, I can't believe I am on my 20th episode for the mere fact I was so afraid to push record. And then I did a couple episodes and got knocked back down and did a couple more and there was no consistency. And then I started to have anxiety because I didn't want to have to be so structured talking about my book each week. Of course, I reference my book all the time. I just didn't want to have to be forced to do that. So that, so I started um, season one. Love, love how that sounds. I went to 13 episodes. Uh, 13's a lucky number. So just each season, hopefully knock on wood there will be um, many, many more seasons. So right now I'm on episode seven and Mamma Mia. Now, one thing I love about Mamma Mia, the song, when my daughter was in 10th grade, of course she performed. And I say that because when you know Taylor from a little girl, how I threw her in performances, which I'll get to, but in 10th grade, she went up and down the auditorium performing the song Mamma Mia from, um, the show to get everybody's attention. And it was just, I, if I could sing, I would do it, but she was adorable. And there are times my daughter probably looked up and went Mamma Mia or something. Me being her mom, Yes, she's she's currently and will be for the rest of her life in therapy. One, genetics and circumstance, like both of us. However, um, she, poor thing, oh my gosh, since conception, not going to get into it, but she was brought, well, it's in my book, she was brought into the world in a very non-traditional way. Um, it was one of those uh-oh moments, which was the best uh-oh in my entire life. And, oh gosh, the poor girl. I write about if I did not hear from Jay, who's my ex-husband now, if you're just catching up or just tuning in, um, we had a very um, wild love affair. It was an affair, an affair to remember, which is a chapter in my book. And it was um, supposed to happen. There were lives that were changed. It was supposed to be changed. Otherwise, my beautiful princess, perfect Taylor would not be here. So when I was, let's see, having my affair and got pregnant with Taylor, my world would not be able to function. And I discussed this in my book in previous episodes. Jay was a drug. I was addicted. So while I am pregnant, the only way we had contact was there was no social media or anything or texting. We had pagers. So we would page different numbers to each other as like different codes. 
like I remember two four two four two four meant um, I love you too forever. So if our spouses at the time would have looked at our pagers, um, they would only see numbers and it wouldn't be anything. Oh gosh, if it were today and we had the social media today, oh my gosh, in my moment of rage, I would have taken a picture, posted it, and then realized, oh, what the heck did I do? But it would have been too late. And my affair, it wasn't like um, your typical scenario. I mean, you've never heard anything like it. There was a reason it happened. So um, please no judgy people when you hear the word affair until you um, read it. And then it's not even like the whole core of my book. That was just a chapter in my life, no pun intended, literally and figuratively. So when I didn't get a page from Jay, I would cry. So Taylor's entire pregnancy was either me, either me laughing, crying, or eating, one or the other. I still worked at TR, so I was auditioning, so I was clearly laughing and eating. And it's so funny because every day for lunch, we'd order the same thing from this restaurant. Here comes the sun. If you're from Miami, North Miami, you know what I'm talking about. And when Taylor got older, I love how she started to eat the meal that I ate pregnant with her. And a little bit that of my neurotic side or silly side, I taught Taylor um, when she was two, I think it was, instead of like her normal, of course she watched Barney and stuff, but I would teach her and put on all that jazz I did, you know, I would say, oh, and she would go, oh, <laughs> I have, I found all the videos um, that I need to get transferred because they're on that little cassette that we used to hold those camcorders, those, yeah, those camcorders or whatever they were. And they were heavy, but I have Taylor on there. I wouldn't give her her bottle unless I said, she was like, Baba, Baba. And I'm like, one more dance. And the minute she could walk, I put on Bye 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 and had her bounce to the music. So I, I guess I morphed, I was morphing her into Britney Spears because um, Baby Won't Hit Me Baby One More Time had just come out. So I saw that. I think I was like 28 years old and I was like, oh. I couldn't be her, but if I have her over child, she is going to be Britney. And years later in Hip Hop Kids where she danced, they did this whole um, boy band and she was the Britney. So she was performing Toxic when, I don't know, it was just so cool. So then my daughter um, is born and I'm trying to, I'm backtracking now. I want to give Taylor her bottle and most moms are in the nursery and lullaby and it's all soft and not me. There were times it was, but majority of the time I would look on the side, I'd look at the glider on the side pocket. I'd peek and there would be the time, no pager. And I would be crying and poor Taylor's trying to drink her bottle. This is me. I mean, I could not survive. And I didn't know. Now here comes the trigger brewing stuff. When I was married to Dean, we had like no friendship, no communication, no relationship. So I didn't, there was nothing he could say that upset me. I didn't want to be married to him. I was treated like a whore. It was gross. Um, I did him the biggest favor by leaving his life. Believe me, I ruined it when I walked in or stormed in like a freaking hurricane and a tornado. Yeah, I, he was minding his own business, but it was part of my story and it was supposed to happen. Oh my gosh. It's so, there's so much I'm thinking like, okay, 
my child who was born into an episodic, comedic, insane world. So she's now dancing. I make her dance to get her bottle. I'm traumatized when I don't hear from Jay. Um, I, I, it was horrible. And then when I wouldn't hear from Jay, I became, okay, a little full out, um, nuts. And I would put Taylor in her car and I'd speed over to where he was because he would turn off his phone and then I would lose it because that triggered now abandonment that I didn't know affected me. Obviously, now that I see my whole life, I it's unimaginable that there has been such a stigma and such shame about therapy because I look back at how psychotic I behaved to my daughter and thank God I saw what I was becoming and went for help. Actually, so crazy to say this, but actually I took her for help because it wasn't me, of course. I was fine. I remember she got into three little bumpers, cars with when she first got her license and something was off. And when she was diagnosed with ADHD, I'm listening to the questions and I'm like, hmm, that sounds like me. I am not focused. I am a mess. I'm disorganized. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm nodding along going, "Mm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So afterwards, I'm like, Dr. Drucker, can I take this test also? I made another appointment. But Taylor, that poor thing, because I didn't realize whether I'm not a narcissist at all. There is nothing today. I might have been a narcissist had I not um, changed, been humbled, had my life crumble down. But the unhealed Marnie, I lived through my daughter. I couldn't believe that when I taught her to be Justin Timberlake and do bye, 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 that every time there was like a little preschool show, she was like the little head star at the Christmas show or the head dreidel at the Hanukkah show. And she just had something about her that sparkled. Maybe because I always said, sparkle, Taylor, sparkle. Side note, Shirley Temple's mom used to say that to her. So I thought I was creating a Shirley Temple meets Britney Spears. But Taylor, I could never have moved 8,000 times or the handful of times with Noah. But Taylor, whether we slept in the same bed, which we did, whether we packed up and moved all her toys, she acclimated so beautifully. And if it wasn't for Michelle Bornstein, I, I mean, shout out Michelle. Her daughter Jordan and Taylor were best friends from preschool when they were like one and a half and they probably had their little naps next to each other. And the only consistency that I think saved Taylor was the preschool she was at from the time she was a year and a half until four and a half when we moved and when I forced Jay to get us that house in Cooper City. So now I have this precious little girl and I lived through her. I did with everything. But the one props, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but toot toot. Taylor said to me recently that I gave her as much love as I did in material things. So I didn't, it's not like I gave her so much, but I was never around. And it's not like I was never around and compensated with other things. If I just mix that up, you know what I'm saying. I just live and breathe for my children. But, ta- but I didn't realize how my unhealed trauma affected my daughter to a point that I never hit her. I never would hit her at all. However, when she became a teenager, 13, 14, 15, 16, oh my gosh, 
between the teenager sassiness and the unhealed me when well here's an example i'm going to go back to second grade she was trying to do a report for school and she was narrating pinkalicious oh i think i still have it on video oh my gosh now that i'm talking about it i have to see how many outtakes she was eight years old, the most perfect little girl. And I had like Doritos with us and I took the bag of chips and I smacked her like, you're not doing it right. Like this little girl, like she's like, I'm trying with her little lisp. And it was horrible. Like I just, but it was a subconscious moment for me that I was not going to succeed if she did not do this right. It's not what I thought at that moment, but in my deep subconscious. So now Taylor... Um, is in high school and there were combative moments you know how teenagers do scream at their moms if you don't then good but there was a lot of arguing I lost control I mean I was just buying her clothes at justice and I was driving her everywhere and I was her best friend and all of a sudden I am not so because of my ADHD and everything one of the um symptoms is I take everything personally with each. So especially from my daughter, I was doing a lot with Noah and being a big mama bear protective of him and dealing with him at school. So I was just an unhealed mess. And then something would happen. Taylor would say something and I would snap. Now, I kid you not, as feminine and whimsical as I may be, the as much as I am a passionate, fun, over-the-top person, all of that rage is also there on that same spectrum on the other side. And I would morph into like the Hulk. I don't know what happened. I use an example. It's like a spinning top or a dreidel. When you're in that middle of it, it's like I was not lucid. And I would become possessed. And I would clench my teeth and grab her hair. And I almost, I could have killed her. I could have harmed her if I would have squeezed a little bit harder and we were talking about it earlier and I did not remember the severity of the things that I would say to her I'd be like you fucking loser excuse my language and I was like you fucking lazy piece of shit like I that's exactly how I spoke to her it's really weird hearing myself like that because I have not been that person in so long and nor will I have anything that would get me to that point but that's how I used to speak not all the time just if she said something that became a trigger. I didn't realize how many triggers are buried in all of our subconsciouses. We don't realize it, but they are there. Guys, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Please, your physical health is just as important as your mental health. If not, it's probably more, no, they're equally the same. But right now, there is no shame in taking care of your mental health. Without mental health, there is no physical health. And on that note, we will be right back. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. One in five people will experience a mental health condition once in their life. Right now, during these times, I am pretty sure most people are experiencing some sort of mental health condition. You are not alone. There is help. You should not suffer alone. There is help out there. Please 
reach out if you have to. It's okay not to be okay. The bravest, strongest, most vulnerable thing and bravest thing you could do for yourself, your children, your family is to reach out. The number for the crisis suicide line, if you're feeling something immediately, if you know somebody who needs it, 1-800-273-8255. The number for National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI, 1-800-950-6264. Or you can text 741-741-NAMI, and that's a crisis text line. You are not alone. Help is available for everybody. Please take care of your mental health. It's just as important as your physical health. Wishing everybody much love and peace. So especially for the moms out there, everybody needs to take care of their mental health, of course. But me being a mom and talking as a mom, how I destroyed my family temporarily, of course, not intentionally, but the unhealed part of me was, um, I'm going to say somewhat damaging to my children. I think in their own way, and I don't say this jokingly, they probably have some sort of PTSD from my, the rages I went in. I'm not talking when, when you hear my story and I talk about trauma, drama, and how I went from tragic to magic, all of that tragic and the trauma is buried in me. So when something triggered me, I whether it could have been a song, a sound, the, the mention or talking about my mother or something, that's going to be another episode. I have no problem with the fact she was addicted to crack cocaine. I do have a problem that present day, um, I'm told to get over it. It wasn't that bad and no accountability. So that's a completely side note, but those are triggers for me and not realizing that they were even triggers. Nobody even talked about triggers. People today are still afraid to mention mental health. So the word trauma trigger, this is literally brand new conversation in the world. Something that I'm glad it's happening now. And there's this mental health movement that in a crazy, ironic um, twist of fate, I am so blessed to have gone through everything so I can spare you guys and spare other people because I was also given somewhat of a fabulous story to go with it. It was exciting, you know, it was crazy and I'm a miracle, like some sort of experimental robot. I don't know how I am alive. Oh, also with Taylor, very normal. I taught her to say, I'd like to thank the Academy. I last year when I interviewed TR, because I'm a big Barbara Walters interviewer. No, it was on a Facebook thing. And he was saying he'll never forget, like most kids are like, you know, B, balloon, C, cookie. And I'm like, Academy. I'd like to uh, over and over. So Taylor, who is such a good girl. I mean, when she was class president in fifth grade, or school president, I became school president. When she first made cheer, I became cheer. And then in high school, when she, like everything I lived through Taylor. So there was something called Pinnacle. Now, Taylor's best friend since since they were four was Molly. And Molly and Taylor were like sisters. Everybody, they were three days apart. Everybody thought they were twins. And 
I, here is an example of not loving yourself in situation at the moment and how comparison is the thief of joy. Instead of embracing and loving Taylor's accolades and accomplishments, I compared her to Molly. Maybe Jody one would say to me during the day, I believe she planted a seed possibly. So what did Taylor get on that test? And I'd be like, what test? Uh-oh, you don't know about the test? Well, there's something called pinnacle. Like, what's pinnacle? I've never had to look at Taylor's grades. She's like a straight A student. Mm-hmm. My daughter was the president. I have bragging moment. Like in middle school, like how is she the president of the honor society? Like I am her mom who like didn't even graduate high school. Again, circumstances. If I would have been on medication and had proper environment, I said in my last episode, I would have been a great litigator because I am a great friggin' talker and I judge Judy and dissect anything. But that was not in my destiny. This is. So again, I could have, would have, should have. But not being, you know, what Taylor has seen and I'm talking up until it was basically a year ago when I went, I'm going to say berserk and wanting to not live. It's that moment of not wanting to live or not wanting to die, spiraling. Um, the circumstances I was in last year at this time would make a lot of sense. I think a lot of people, in fact, statistics, there were so many suicides. And before, and I don't say commit suicide, I say die of suicide because commit sounds like you're doing a bad thing. And it's interesting on my housewives, I was listening and Erica Jane, who I don't really like at all on Beverly Hills, she did say that she's now on Lexapro, but going to a psychiatrist was like a personal defeat for her. Ooh, ooh, I didn't like hearing that. Why? If you sprain your ankle trying to walk in those ridiculous heels, you would go to a doctor. So if your mind, like she's talking, she couldn't sleep and walking the halls of her house, maybe because her husband's doing some funny business. But in any event, she wasn't feeling good. Whether it's your stomach that doesn't feel good, your ankle that doesn't feel good, or your minds, please, guys, get help. You don't, like, I was so messed up with my eating disorder. I mean, I still always say I have an eating disorder because I still don't know how to eat properly. If I stand at the counter, calories don't count. But for Taylor, if I um, unfortunately went and ate a lot on the weekend and I felt like crap and bloated on Monday, I probably, I know I did. I was like, what? What do you want? Like, leave me alone. And she was like, I'm just showing you like my outfit. So I didn't realize how I sounded. I still can't believe I sound the way I did. I don't get to that anymore. So back to Pinnacle. I became like the Pinnacle parent police. And when Jody said, oh, you could see all their grades. You could see when the assignments were due. What? Now, Taylor was becoming a teenager. Of course, she's supposed to do teenage things and be out with her friends. I get it now. <laughs> At the time, I would see a D. Why'd she get a D in um, English or whatever? And I would write her things. If they weren't paragraphs, they were psychotic novels calling my daughter a fucking loser, calling her a fucking loser and lazy. I mean, they were so bad. My poor girl would cry to her friends in journalism, cry to the teacher. I traumatized my beautiful daughter that like she didn't have enough on her plate. Even as a young 21 year old lady today, 
the anxiety she gets worried about me. If my voice doesn't sound right, if she didn't hear from me, it's, thank God she's in therapy. Thank God that she, and look, she didn't want to go for a while. And I forced her. I said, you need to keep tweaking it, like keeping your car service, like the way you take care of your physical health and what you eat. You have to be careful what you feed your mind. So when Taylor was in second grade, like I said in earlier, she always had this sparkle and she was so talented and probably because I trained her, she didn't know any different, like this little drama cult I put her in. So I took her to junior talent when she was in second grade and junior talent had, was it Selena or no, Victoria Justice. I'm sorry, Victoria Justice. And they was, that was just the creme de la creme of agencies. Like not everybody could be with junior talent, but because I was um, a casting director and an agent at the green agency, I already had a relationship. So bringing Taylor was my dream, not Taylor's. Taylor was in hip hop kids where she was already dancing and performing on weekends. So she just wanted to be a kid. I wanted her to be an actress and a child star, a child star like, um, like the girl version of Ron Howard, where you grow up healthy. So we're sitting there. I have no idea where that just came from. Oh, because I was talking to Taylor and I said, Fonzie. And she goes, who's Fonzie? And I said, happy days. She's like, what? You're help me. I, I don't get it. I'm like, how do you not know happy days? How do you not know Fonzie? Do you know Ron Howard? Mm, nope. So I'm like, okay, the help Bryce style. Oh, but I completely lost what I was trying to tell her about. So I take her to this agent and Taylor's sitting there and she's talking to her and she goes, so Taylor, what brings you here? I don't know. Now I give her that quick look a mother gives like, what? You know that look. So then she's trying to talk to her and Taylor's like, I don't know. Like this sound, hear it? I'm banging my little pen on the desk and I look at her now with clenched teeth. What are you doing? Clearly, again, my dream, not Taylor's, my unhealed trauma that felt I would only be validated not loving myself by Taylor's accomplishments. I lived through her vicariously up until um, we got into college when I say we because that's how I lived ridiculously. It's so funny how I truly love who I am today and it's a wow I when I say I lived through Taylor, I lived through my child. So her not being um, quiet by her not being that jazz hand, fabulous Taylor, let's do that monologue we rehearsed. Finally, she said, um, maybe you should go wait outside Taylor. And I am now livid. The thought that I did this to my daughter right now, I'm shaking my head. I can't believe I did this. So now we leave and I look like that exaggerated cartoon character with the beet red face morphing into the Hulk at the same time pulled over on the side of the street and went almost no wire hangers on her. Not that bad. I would never beat her, leave bruises. But I screamed the shit out of her that I do believe it is trauma. It still traumatizes her today. I bet if she ever drove down to um, the Grove and went past that fresh market where we stopped for me to yell at her, she probably would get a flashback. But hopefully she'd be aware enough today to not just go batshit at the moment and pause and say, oh, wait, this is where my mother friggin went crazy on me because I wouldn't 
do what she wanted me to at a talent agent or a talent management because I don't want to be an actress. Taylor was good in the school plays. I mean, only I, um, as her mom, let's see, when she was auditioning for Willy Wonka, she was going for Violet. So doesn't every mom call one of her old actors and character actors who um, is in Los Angeles and um, Ken, cast Ken? Like I hired a professional actor to help her with her Violet monologue. Then, um, oh gosh, Taylor, when she became 15, I am so sorry, Tay. She was um, auditioning for Pure Energy, I think it's called, where you are able to be the dancers and the party motivators at bar mitzvahs and weddings, but mostly bar mitzvahs. I was always the person, whatever song you played, I'm the first one on the dance floor, if I know you or not, whatever the venue, if I hear sing a song, Earth, Wind, and Fire, doesn't matter, I am up there getting that party started. So that's how Taylor was raised. She was raised into getting on the table and all that jazz, bye, 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 Britney Spears, everything. So, oh my gosh, I am... I am thinking right now, I'm sorry, I just had to take a moment and just reflect how therapeutical it is once I healed myself. Because had I not, my poor child just, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to like lose track, but let me go back to my pinnacle because it's, Taylor will bring up today that she was at um, having lunch with her friend Sammy at Sawgrass and she got a D and here I became possessed. It was like, we were not gonna get into college. We were not gonna pass this exam. I didn't graduate high school. I didn't graduate college. I didn't go to college. So the thought of one mess up from Taylor would affect everything. We weren't gonna succeed. It's outrageous. But I would become this possessed devil and just lose it. And I don't remember what the, um, what the reasons were, but they were just, a sound, a word, something she said to me. And my child, you know, the, she was born into me screaming and crying and getting in the car and let's go find, you know, when I would find Jay and he would turn off his phone and I would scream like a lunatic because that good passion was there in that heavy, hard passion. And I have broken down so many times and Taylor and... I have Noah too, of course, but I'm just talking about with Taylor. And when she was in Hip Hop Kids, like that was also my dream. When she opened up, the, they were the opening act for Pitbull when he was Mr. 305 before he was Mr. Worldwide. And the most brilliant man, all he has to do is say Dale and roll his tongue and he collaborates with everybody. He is brilliant. He is also the reason that I started just moving my propellers, I guess you could say, slowly moving. He did a quote that said, if there are no doors, um, build it. So I created my own little, here I am in Peace Love podcast. So Taylor was going to audition for Pure Energy because I'm always that performer and they made like a fake venue. So we're all dancing and there was um, Blame It on the Boogie, one of my favorite songs. So I'm just dancing. So one of the the, uh, the professional dancers already hired called me on stage. And so now I'm dancing with my arms up, having the best time, life of the party. And Taylor's like looking at me from the floor with her eyes going, I fucking hate you. I fucking hate you. Look at you. Like that's 
like the things she had to grow up with. But it was also fun when she was getting her senior pictures and I walked in and the photographer's name was Angel and he was fabulous and there was a platform. I Will Survive came on and she just knows I'm nuts but embraces it. But I have to tell you, when I would come out of that tornadic tornado state and the spinning, I looked around and it was like, I am so sorry. Like, I became lucid. What did I just do? What did I just say to you? Like, oh my gosh. Like, so when I say it's so crucial to get your mental health checked because whether you're a mom or yourself, you cannot be there for anybody else if you don't take care of yourself first. Please don't say I'm fine if you're not. Please don't suppress it and push it down. It's an analogy I used. It's like taking that ball underwater. You keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. What happens? It explodes up. And that happened to me most of my life without realizing why. So I hope that you guys take down some information from my commercial. No, May is Mental Health Moms. Let's take care of Mental Health Month. And I'm going to wrap it up on this. So I hope everybody enjoyed episode, well, in my numbers, it's episode 20. Yay! Ah! And in this season, we just finished episode 7. I wish everybody a beautiful, blessed day. Remember, you could take your tragic, turn it into magic. Never let anybody dull your sparkle or burst your bubble. Oh, if you're in a bad mood, try saying bubble. You can't be in a bad mood saying bubble. So much love and so much peace. Have a great day, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Peace Love Podcast. I hope you learned a little bit, hope you laughed a little bit, and please, if you can, subscribe and leave a review, possibly how amazing this episode was. Remember, stay true to who you are and never, ever let anybody dull your sparkle.